Welcome to the B-Side Boys podcast, an Iowa rugby podcast. My name is Mr. Gray. And I'm Philly V. And we are brought to you by Central City Liquors, the home of the 15% coupon. Uh, you mentioned the West Des Moines Wombats or B-Side Boys. You are going to get 15% off your regular order. So get on over to Central City Liquor and get stocked up for 4th of July weekend. Phil, two things. Number one, your voice hasn't gotten better since Tuesday. No, not at all. Number two. Slow down. Take a breath. <laughs> you went through that so fast. I know. <laughs> yeah, so fast. Do you get somewhere to be after this? <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You got the Sunday scaries. You got to work tomorrow. Oh, God. I don't even want to think about that. And we're busy at work. So, oh, well, <laughs> this isn't a Phil's work podcast. This is a rugby <laughs> podcast. And yeah, one thing that's really cool is talking to people around the state and actually around the country. We've had a few people reach out to us and we really appreciate all the feedback, good, bad uh, improvements requested, and also topics requested or people requested. If you have an idea for a person or like, hey, I've heard about this. I want to hear more about this. Or, hey, you should get this guy or girl, whoever on the podcast. Let us know because we're always looking to talk to new people. A lot of the people we reach out to are kind of in our bubble. They're in our network. We would love to talk to people outside of there. And if you have a connection and you want to hear more about it, or you want to highlight something cool that somebody is doing in the rugby world, even off the pitch, whatever, we we just want to hear cool stories. And we actually had someone reach out to us with a really interesting topic and one that I think is very common around men's and women's club teams in Iowa and also college teams, one that we have to deal with every single year. This person reached out. They said they enjoyed what we're doing. So thank you. Yep. Uh, you know, pat myself on yeah, the back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it hurts. I pat myself too much. Um, <laughs> but they also asked, you know, one thing that they want to know about were tips for recruiting new players and basically how to get people to practice. How do you get people to show up? And I think that's a really good question because Every community, it looks different. Every team, it looks different. And it is the number one thing. It is so difficult to do. And so just first off, Phil, what's your first reaction? If I ask you, hey, I need you to get people at practice. What do you do as a board member of a team or just a guy on a team? Well, usually my personal opinion is like it always starts with like the atmosphere that you're creating at practice. And we've talked about that a lot, you know, like, Obviously, like having goals in mind, but also trying to keep it light and keep it fun and engaging. And like, you know, we obviously do this post-social stuff and like practice. We do a lot of touch and, uh, you know, like Ridgeway put it put it in a really good way once where he's like, a lot of these guys were, we're all, you know, grown ass men, you know, and like we are women or women, you know, but we all like have jobs. And like some of these guys, like, you know, you don't want to go to work and get yelled at all day and then go somewhere for practice and get yelled at by another grown ass man all, you know, all two hours or whatever you want to have fun. And, you know, yeah, this, this sport at the level we're doing it at the club level, you know, we're not getting paid. We're, we're here because it's fun. We're here because the community. And I, and I think it's interesting when you ask that question or when I asked you that question, you didn't say like, here's step one, go do this. It it was internal. It is, what is the product we are presenting? When someone comes to a practice, what are they going to see? What are they going to feel? There are teams that have high aspirations and high goals. I, the Wombats, we have high goals. Yeah. But are you going to sacrifice the enjoyment and the culture to be a high performance, run yourself into the ground? Yeah. You know, you have to find that balance of, okay, we want to win games, but people aren't going to show up if you just run them into the ground. Yeah. I mean, like... I like, no, I'm not lying or like, you know, over exaggerating anything, but I, I can't think of one time where I'm like sitting at home, like right before practice and just sitting there thinking, I don't want to go. Cause like, it is kind of like a little bit of a stress reliever and like, it's always fun. Yeah. I love seeing all like my teammates and friends and being able to, you know, practice together and then hang out for an hour or two afterwards too. Like, so I would say step one, getting guys to practice recruiting step one, 
make the community, make the environment a place that people want to be at. Find what it is in your community that people want. Mm -hmm. What are they looking for? And then make rugby practice a place where they can get that. It's a place to let off some aggression. It's a place to, you know, clear your mind. It's a place to have, you know, physical contact and positive social interactions. It's a place to go grab a beer with buddies for a couple of hours, if that's what you do. Well, I mean, you know? like some of these guys, like this is like their only chance really to get out of the house and like hang out with some of their buddies. Cause I mean, like we do got some guys on our team, their dads, you know, I'm and, a dad. like, yeah. And your dad. <laughs> and like, you know, they might not get a lot of chance to do any like social interaction on the weekends besides a rugby match. Right. You know, or practice. And it is one of those things where people go play darts and pool and volleyball and they have these rec leagues and it's for that, Hey, I want social interaction, but I like a little competition. So I think the second thing, and this is where I would kind of now go into the recruiting aspect is when you look at your community, where is a place that you can find people who have some competitiveness, but they also have this need for a physical outlet. You know, I love bowling. I like the competitiveness of it. I love, I can drink a beer, but it just doesn't give me that adrenaline. So you need to find that spot and network with people of, who are the adrenaline junkies? Mm. Who are the people who are like, you know what? I haven't been in a fight since I was 12. I would love, <laughs> not saying you're going to get in a fight at rugby, but I'm craving that physical contact. I mean, it's a very primal, natural, like I need physical contact. Yeah. Find them, whether it be a local community college, whether it be, you know, you see people at, you know, slow pitch softball and you tell, you can tell they just want a little bit more or you go to the gym and it's like, yeah. Hey, what are you training for? I mean, being in shape is really cool. But use that strength and agility to win something more than just say I'm fit. I mean, I don't know. I go to the gym. I, I mean, doesn't help me. But. Honestly, it seems like the two best places are the gym and the bar. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> those are like our, our two biggest like recruiting tools right there. Yeah, but especially like guys that don't have like prior rugby experience. Like we we pulled a few people from the bar. <laughs> and again, we're talking senior side, maybe even college side clubs. Not high school, obviously. <laughs> it's way different. We talked about that with Mark Blong, how to how to do that, and with Andrew Ridgeway. But when you're thinking of these senior sides, you know, guys that played sports in high school and they just they miss that team atmosphere and they miss that competitiveness. The bar and the gym, top two spots. And then the last thing that I would say, number three, this is the hardest part. Boots on the ground having uncomfortable conversations with strangers, making flyers, making business cards, being as visible as possible. Maybe you got to spend a little money to make posters, make flyers. And the thing is too, make something that actually is useful. You could print, and we've done this before. We print all these flyers. We put a QR code on it. Hey, we're going to post it at this bar. How many people actually look at a flyer and go, you know what? I'm going to go by myself where there's a group of 30 guys and I'm just going to show up. I mean, Brad, uh, for the Wombats, is the only guy that I know yeah. who has ever done that. It's a pretty f- rare. You have to go up to someone and have a very uncomfortable conversation. Hey, man, you ever thought about rugby? Don't know what it is. Let me tell you about it. And then balancing that line of, I don't want to be too pushy. I don't want to sound like a douchebag. Yeah. I don't want to talk about all my injuries and scare them away. <laughs> might have done that at stalemates. Yeah. yeah. I might have told someone how I broke my thumb and they're like, dude, you're really selling me on it. I'm like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I just told this wrestler who's very interested in rugby, I'm showing him the two scars on my thumb when my thumb got pushed back into my hand on Marcus Benton's forehead and they had to pull it out and put pins in to put it back in place. And I was showing this kid this. It was actually a former student of mine at New Hampton, uh, Noah Fi. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. wrestling at Grandview now and he's like, oh, but. I might try rugby and I start telling him about my hand because I'm like, oh, look how tough I am. He's like, yeah, you're you're losing me. I'm like, so don't no, talk need, about injuries. Yeah, I need to stop doing that because like I think every time I talk to somebody about playing rugby, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, like broke my nose one year. My teeth are fake. Like, yeah, I need to stop. Detached rib last year. It's mm-hmm. just like I need to stop doing that. When you talk <laughs> with the bros, when you talk with your buddies and it's like, ah, like we're in it. Like I'm not leaving rugby ever. Like, but when you have someone who's on the fence. Don't talk about injuries. Stay away from injuries. <laughs> Don't try to sound cool. Ease into it. But honestly, you, you just have to put the work in and you have to find some people that are, they want it as bad as you. And you just have to network, network, network. 
And with that networking too, go to some events. Again, have conversations. Don't just post a flyer. Don't just hand out a business card. Never. I saw this on Twitter one time. I think it was uh, Pat Clifton. He does a lot of rugby stuff. He like runs Kansas City Rugby and he helped with the NCR tournament. He used to work for uh, like a rugby publication, Rugby Mag, Rugby Magazine, back when they did that. He put on Twitter one time. If you ever put on your social media or you ever put in an email or anywhere, contact us to play rugby, you will never get a player. You have to make the contact. The player is not like the potential player isn't going to be like, I am going to go get more. You have to be the one. If you say, Hey, come to practice. People don't come. I know I always say it on our social media posts. You always put, Hey, come and join us. People don't see that and just show up. You have to physically bring them. We actually did something last year where if you brought a new player to practice, the club would buy the new guy. And the guy who brought them their first beer at the post-practice social, I think we'll bring that back this fall. Hey, you... yeah, wait a minute. I've still been doing that. Oh, that's cool. Keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I'm like, I, we're going we to yeah. promote it for the fall season. But basically, like, hey, you bring a new guy, you get your first beer free, and the new guy gets his beer free. And it creates that social atmosphere. And, and oh, like I said, too, networking events, community service wear a t-shirt with your logo on it, go out in the community, do some good. People go, oh, those are good dudes. Go to the local parade and walk through it. Quad City Irish, they're always doing stuff like that. And lastly, us, we made a partnership with Stalemates, the Mm. wrestling media company. We went to their street league event this past Friday. Oh my God. Yeah, that's part of the reason why my voice is so raspy. Yeah, and (laughs) if if you haven't listened to the previous episodes... We went to this wrestling exhibition card. It's the third one they've done. An actual folk-style wrestling. Not pro wrestling, folk-style wrestling. And my buddy, Zach Bogle, he runs it, puts on a great turn or a great card. Alex Schmitz from the Wombats, he competed in it. His whole singlet had Wombat logos on it. They mentioned the Wombats. We made our presence known. Phil, what were you wearing? <laughs> I was wearing my... Uh... Very beautiful white and gold with Tiger's tracksuit and a gold chain and some really shitty off-brand pit vipers. And, yep. You and, know, just looking like a douche. And the <laughs> other guys were wearing Hawaiian shirts. I might have bailed the last minute and just went with a black wombat shirt and jeans. I got a weird amount of compliments on the uh, tracksuit. Dude, people loved it. <laughs> I and know. We had, we bought a VIP table. We sat mat side and we went nuts on every oh, yeah. mat. Match. We picked a guy to root for. We picked a guy to boo against, but we did it in good fun. Like when the guys came out and we booed them, we were like double thumbs down, like, boo, you stink. And we did it with a <laughs> smile on our face. And you could tell the guys knew, like, we were ribbing them a little. It was, it was like in playful fun because when that thing started, people didn't really know the vibe of it. You could hear like a pin drop. We're like, all right, this is why our VIP table is right by the entrance. We got to get the energy up. And we brought the energy. Oh, my God. We were oh. screaming. I, dude, Alex wrestled against Jake Neiman. Yeah. And Jake Neiman was 2-0 in the previous street leagues. And he was a crowd favorite. He actually got nominated for an award. They do an award show every year called the Stalemates. Well, didn't he win the – was it not? It was, it was like the most exciting wrestler at Street yeah. League. It was the Street League Performer of the Year, I think. Yeah, it was something like that. And so Alex and a lot of preview shows I watched on YouTube, they, they barely even mentioned Alex because, like, he wrestled at Morningside, and then he didn't really wrestle after that, and then he coaches assistant at Martinsdale St. Mary's. People don't really know what he's up to, and he's playing rugby, and they're like, ah, these Wombat guys. I mean, full disclosure, 100% my brain is like, I love wrestling, but I see this as an opportunity to grow the impact of our club, to grow the visibility of our club, but also have a good time at the same time. Yeah, I don't feel like we we overstepped anything. We enjoyed ourselves. We brought some energy. So many people on our Twitter reached out to us, followed us, and we're just like, hey, really fun to have you guys there. We love the Wombats. And again, that's not to like toot our own horn, like look at us. It was ser- sincerely to be like, we want more people to be aware of our rugby program. We think wrestlers make great rugby players. Get that networking out there. 
We had some beers with a lot of people at the bars. I mean, we're drinking beers with a national champion wrestler, Drew Foster from you and I sharing stories, trying to convince him like, Hey man, when you give that wrestling up, we're here (laughs) and we're not like twisting people's arm, but we're just saying we're here when you want it. We're here. If you have more questions, come play touch. And we leave it at that. Cause if you're too pestering, people go away. And then again, back to Alex, uh, I did tweet at Jake Neiman and before the match, I said, when Alex beats you, you have to come play rugby for us. So Alex wins. We go nuts. Upset of the year. And I went up to Zach and I said, if Alex isn't nominated for a stalemate, it's bullshit. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then um, I tweeted at Jake. And Jake, we don't know you. It was a great match. We obviously were going to root for our boy. But come be a wombat. Dude, he was actually really cool after the match. He came over and like like slapped hands or shook hands with all the guys like mm-hmm. even though we were like we booed him and stuff beforehand and obviously cheer on alex like obviously a really good sportsman as well yeah and i think one of the funniest parts too uh richie lewis flipping us off <laughs> so richie lewis in the main event like the big money get he wrestled for rutgers he's from new jersey and he has beef with the iowa hawkeyes and so in iowa hawkeye fans especially because wrestling twitter can get a little toxic yeah. So he comes out and we start booing like crazy. We're, we're going for Kennedy or uh, no, it was Ian Miller. Yeah. And, and we're just going, Iowa, yeah. Iowa. And DeAndre just go Hawks. And right when DeAndre says go Hawks, Richie turns around, looks right at him, double middle fingers right at DeAndre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, he had a smile on his yeah. face. Like, again, it was in good fun and just making those connections. So again, this, this whole conversation of like, how do you get people there? Make it fun. Dude, and we talked to him too afterwards yeah. at uh, Smash Park. He was really cool. And he's like, with DeAndre, like throughout there, he's like, you should go on their podcast sometime. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I'd love to do that. I'm like, what? Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, maybe we'll give you a call sometime. <laughs> maybe next week. I, I thought that was a joke. I, I, I mean, it seems sincere, but I'm know, also scared of him. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the, the thing is, too. When you know you're networking, you're doing all these things, you, you make these connections with these people. It is it's so much fun. It's added so much to our club. Obviously, we're a brand new club, and we're just throwing everything against the wall. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing to try to get numbers up. Go outside the box. Don't do what's done before you because it's gotten you into the spot you're in. You know, mm. always try to reinvent and steal from other clubs. That's why we do this. And it's going to be another one of those pat on the back for you, Greg. Um, but uh, this, I don't think you mentioned once about social media engagement during that whole thing either. And that's you know, a big one. You know I love social media. I know engagement. you do, but I can't believe you didn't say it once. Because again, I, <laughs> I'm trying, <laughs> trying to talk about this, and not sound like a douchebag. Like, God damn, I'm so good at this. <laughs> My fucking genius, yeah. Phil. No, because yeah. I'm not. No, because I'm also nervous for this fall season. Like with the wombats, I, I'm like. I know we have guys, but I'm like, I want more. I want yeah. more. And and I'm an anxious wreck. And now here giving away all of our trade secrets. But the biggest secret <laughs> is keep reinventing yourself. Keep yeah. trying, do different things. If your community has some sort of event coming up, enter your team into it. Yeah. Uh, and don't get married to one idea. Yeah. Always be looking to yeah expand. And when something sucks, get away from it. We've done that so many times. You remember when we all we always posted on social media the almost Saturday posts? I like those. I like those too. I just forgot about it. Yeah. I mean, it would have made more sense. My cousin messaged me about that. He's like, why do you guys always do that on Thursdays? Why don't you do it on Fridays? I'm like, well, you got other stuff that's on Fridays. <laughs> oh my gosh. That reminds me too. I'm sorry. Those Friday feature posts, because we have the podcast on Friday that we drop. I keep forgetting to post those as well. We're getting there. Yeah, it's but, a lot. It's yeah. a lot. <laughs> but no, and I just think, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot of great stuff and it's exciting to see. So hopefully this helped you in your club. Hopefully this helps a lot of people. And again, there's a lot of people that this may have no impact on you, but I don't know, take something, run with it. Because if your team gets better, it makes us all better. And speaking of that, we talked to next Casey Hansen here. We're going to have him on the phone. Mm-hmm. He is... Uh, longtime member of the Bremer County Bucks. He's been the president, still heavily involved there running a youth camp. But right now, and he also coaches Waverly Shell Rock Boys and Girls High School Rugby. This summer, he's coaching again. I think it's his third year 
Iowa high school select side sevens boys coach. So we take a look at that and we hear some really interesting things about how he creates that team and how kind of all the pieces work. Not really a recruiting piece or anything like that, but it's just cool to see that, you know, oh, this is where I'm going with this. You want to get more people involved in your men's club? Make sure there's high school teams in your community. That's a big one. If you're a team that doesn't, and we're blessed in West Des Moines, there's multiple teams. You know, if you're out in Northeast Iowa, there's there's some clubs out around there. Bremer County has Waverly. Cedar Falls is over there. But if you're a team like Mason City had a boys team yep. and a girls team, COVID took it away. Mark Blong talked about getting it back up. Would love to see a team pop up like, let's say, Iowa Falls. Yep. Cedar Rapids is working on more teams. Iowa City, City yep. Daly said they're working on more teams. Would be cool to see Algona come back through, go for, like, I don't know. We keep yep. saying it. Don't know if anyone is hearing it out there. But, yeah, make sure you have a high school team because there's great opportunities for high school kids. So I think with that being said, Phil, do you think we answered that question? Yeah, it was it was a really, really long answer. But, yeah, I think we got to the point. Well, also, too, I wanted to talk stalemates. and Yeah, of course, yeah. We, we, we I would say we covered that, too. Yeah. When stalemates Street League 4 comes back, I'm telling you, get a VIP table, bring your rug. Dude, what if multiple rugby teams got tables there? That'd be awesome. <laughs> what if we had a what if we had a wombat versus someone from another team? <laughs> not from Bremer though, not from like fucking Wartburg National Team. Yeah, yeah. hmm. They'll outdo us, they'll know what's going on. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh who I don't know. We'll figure that out we'll later. That later. But let's get to Casey. He knows a lot more than us about high-level rugby and and high school stuff. So let's check it out. Um, all right. What button do I hit? Is uh, I think it's the one on the left. Wait, the files are in the computer. They're inside the computer. That's about the extent I know. Zoolander. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Casey. We have with us here Casey Hansen. He is the coach for the Iowa High School Select Side team. He also does all sorts of other things, wears many hats. But today we're going to focus on his work with the high school team or the high school select side team. We'll cut that part out in post. And also his work he's doing with the Bremer County Youth Program, a lot of youth opportunities. So, Casey, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no problem, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, so the main thing we saw and the reason why we wanted to get you on as soon as we could, you're doing a lot of great things with the Iowa Youth Rugby Association select side. It's something that has been growing in the past few years. You've taken them to Lakefronts. This year, you went to Lakefront. The week before, you went to Bloodfest Sevens. You have a developmental side. So basically, you know, how are things going this season for you? Uh, I think they went really well. Um we decided to go to Austin to try and give the boys more of a like a high performance aspect of it. It was pretty regimented and structured, and uh, basically, if they get a, a call up to like one of the junior national teams or something like that, that's about how the practice would go. So we'd like to give them that look just in case they get that call. Junior nationals? When is that even? Uh, like a U U eighteen national team, U twenty three stuff like that. You know the uh, the track for an eagle. Oh, gotcha, yeah. Nice. Do, did any of the boys, I mean, have, was there any looks? Have any coaches reached out to you? Or still pretty early to tell just because those, I mean, you just finished Lakefront a day ago. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty early. We have, uh, after they competed in Austin, uh, I think a handful of them have been selected to play, well, be invited to uh, Rebel Rugby Academy to play out in Salt Lake City in July. Nice. And so, like you said, that Austin Bloodfest Sevens, that was more of a high performance. So it wasn't just, hey, we drive down there, we play some rugby. What did that look like for those kids? And was that a big adjustment from going from, you know, high school sevens in Iowa to, okay, now I'm in this high performance. People are watching me while I practice. What what was that like for the boys? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's probably a little bit more than what they're used to. I mean, it's more than what, you know, most – people in Iowa are probably used to except for those Eagles that are down in Des Moines coaching. Um, 
we actually had Cody Melfi out there with us, who's a current Eagle for the Sevens team. Uh, he's rehabbing, so he was able to get down there and kind of talk to the guys and help coach uh, with Rebel and Iowa. Um, but it's, I mean, we, we block off their whole day, and they know their schedule, two practices a day, um, lunch, recovery, uh, film sessions, all kind of stuff. Wow, that's awesome. And how did you guys do down at Bloodfest Sevens? Uh, we went 3-0 and in pool play, uh, and then we lost a close game to ooh, LCA. I can't remember the, the complete name of it, but it's a Christian Academy out of Utah, I believe. Uh, lost by, I think, 7 or 9, something like that. And then we uh, played Rock Rugby Academy, and they uh, they adjusted and beat the pants off of them. So we went... We went three and three and one. Nice. And I saw too, like on social media, you're doing a good job getting oh, yeah. those videos out. It looks like too, people are taking note of the caliber of athlete that Iowa has. Like we we preach it all the time because we're biased, but <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, there's a chip on kids' shoulders. A lot of kids have wrestling backgrounds. It's just like a thicker kid. I mean, were people taking notice of that Iowa style, that physical style down in Texas? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a uh, you know that after after we beat because uh, you know most of those games that we had except for the the LTA game we won pretty handily and we looked fairly decent doing it and a couple of those coaches were just like Jesus these are high school kids <laughs> yeah it's just those big corn fed boys because you guys have a lot of dudes that are like yeah pretty pretty big you know that can move well like kind of like almost like an insider but the size of like an eight man. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, Lane McDonald yeah. is the first one to pop in my head. He's six, four, like two twenty. That's uh, a man. <laughs> Jacob Bartholo. Yeah. Jacob Bartholo is about the same, maybe a little heavier. And then that Bondurant, um, Cameron Mislin. Oh, yeah. He's about the same size. He's like six, three, six, four, two twenty. Oh, man. And that's, I think, something that the Iowa High School League really benefits our kids is that a lot of other states are playing 15s where it's like our big boys, if they want to play, you got to learn to move and you got to learn to handle the ball where, you know, other teams are probably like, oh, I'm a back. I'm going to play sevens this summer. And our guys are like, this is all we got (laughs) for right now. Yeah, the, the ball skills you can definitely tell are getting there, especially, you know, the seniors, they can all do like a backline, you know, spin pass, the stuff that in men's club you take about a year or two to develop. <laughs> They're already done and flinging it around. Or maybe never. I don't know, in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's you. That's you. Wait, can your guys throw in a line out straight? Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so Phil, you're on track. <laughs> oh, yeah, speaking of that, uh, DeAndre had to throw a line out in during sevens, and he threw it like – fucking four feet to the left of me. And I gave him so much shit because I'm like, you can never make fun of me for a lineup ever again. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just assume his hands are bigger than yours, so you can't even have that. <laughs> oh, you do have really It's, a, it's a genetic disability. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, but back to your kids. Uh, who are some of the names that you took down to Texas? Uh, and where are they from? And are any of them going to be back? Like, do you have any underclassmen? And then if they're seniors, holy shit, this is a long question. Yeah. And if they're seniors, uh, where are they going to school after? Okay, I think I got you. <laughs> um, down in Austin, we took Cameron Meislin, who I believe, now that I'm like a week away from him, uh, we did one-on-one, so it was pretty fresh. But I believe he's a junior. He's from Bondurant. Um, McCray Haggerty is a junior. This is uh, gonna be a or gonna be a senior. So when I say junior, they're gonna be senior. Yeah. Um. He's. Uh. Yeah. So he's a junior. Uh, Lane McDonald is a senior. I think he's going to Hawkeye and is gonna play at UNI, or he's going to UNI and gonna play at UNI. Nice. Um. Gavin Olson's gonna. He's a junior. He's a Southeast Polk kid. Mikey Santiama is a senior. He'll be at UNI. Uh, ben Eagley, I probably said that wrong, or Dodge. He's going to play football at Northwestern uh, in Orange City. 
Okay. D3. Yeah, or NAIA? Uh, something like that, yeah. My cousin used to go there. Uh, Orion Larson Trot is another kid from Fort Dodge who had a great two weekends. Um, really, like, opened my eyes. That kid's good. Um, he is a junior, so he'll be back for them. Simon Ott is a junior from Waverly. Uh, Ian Murrah is a sophomore from Cedar Falls. He's another one that kind of opened my eyes. He, uh, we picked him because he finished a lot. Um, he's a big finisher. He gets out of stuff that you probably don't think he will. He frustrates you, but he, he puts, <laughs> he puts points on the board. So, so you can't be too mad. Um, Jacob Bartholo, uh, Waverly kid. He is also going to UNI. Hell yeah. And then we, and then we had two more. We had Rashawn Jennings is a wash. Cedar Rapids, Washington kid. He's going to Iowa Central. And then uh, I lost it. Hold on a sec. And then we had Mitch Kasky from Bondurant. And I think he is going to school somewhere down there. I'm not sure if he's playing rugby or not. Gotcha. All those guys that are going to UNI, did you have any influence in that, or is that mostly Zeus? I did not. I – Especially the Waverly kids, you know, if, if they're interested in playing rugby, I'll do whatever they want. They want to stay in the area. Obviously, that's a that's a big one to go to. Um, but yeah, no, that's all that's all Zeus, and I'm, I'm gonna bet Wickham had something in there too. That's awesome. Like as you and I alumni, I just love it. You just name off all these kids playing high performance, and to see the the state programs getting some of these kids, and you know, you and I sending a kid to the College Shield. Uh, tryout camp in that game. It's cool to see their level of play raise. And we were talking to Coach Brent Nelson from Iowa Central a couple weeks ago. He predicts that UNI is going to win a national title in the next few years just because they had a huge freshman class. They already have some senior leaders in uh, Randall and Stack. And then this new freshman class that's going to be coming in. I mean, they're already seeing high performance. So no pressure, Zeus. Just don't (laughs) fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> We're all watching. Definitely, definitely think he should be in the running. <laughs> and I think, too, like, I mean, a lot of these Waverly kids, so we're talking you're the coach of the select side, but you're also the coach for Waverly. How do you feel, you know, you're sending these kids these high-performance opportunities? You know, do you sense a pride there, or do you still feel like there's a lot of work to be done where you're at? Uh, I mean, it's obviously – it's a little of both. Uh I think they get a little more laid back me on the select side stuff. Uh, but it's more, it's, it's laid back, but it's more attention to like small things because if you're on a select side, you know, those, those big like macro skills should be pretty well settled in. So we can really get to nitpicking, um, you know, just hand, hand positioning and bringing the ball through and reload speed and breakdown speed and, like your overall body position in a breakdown, all, all that stuff. So, so I'm not necessarily screaming and yelling at them like in a high school setting, but uh, I, I think they do pretty well. And yeah, I'm I'm obviously super proud that you know when when they develop like Lane McDonald. Um, I've had him for four years, so we're gonna miss him. But he he definitely turned into a hell of a player. Definitely, and I think too. You know, you see them in high school and then you see them in these high performance settings. What would you say the kids' reaction was to a different group of kids they're playing? You know, it's one thing to play in Iowa and we, we we see it. And the state tournament was, I think, at its highest level we've seen in Iowa. Oh, yeah. What was the difference for the kids going down to Texas, seeing kids from other states? What did they notice was the biggest difference? Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, every region, and it's probably a little different with sevens, but fifteens especially. Every region kind of plays a little differently. Um, when you get into those higher levels of stuff, it's not, you know, two fast kids and go score like it is with sevens mm-hmm. at, at like lower competition level. It's everybody's fast. Everybody can score. So you really have to have a focus on defense and get those those micro skills correct just to stay on the front foot. Um, I would say the biggest adjustment that they had was probably speed to the breakdown. Um, And I think we really saw that the difference in their adjustment from 
from uh, Bloodfest to Lakefront because, boy, we were fast for the breakdown at Lakefront. <laughs> Nobody got the ball. We were always there. And I think that's just that little transition that they, they – it took them about a game to get used to, and then they were there. And then, boy, you could really tell this weekend. And that, that leads into my next question, too. How was that? I mean, in years past, you didn't go to Bloodfest. Lakefront, I'm pretty was sure, was like the big one and kind of the first one you went to. How much was that a benefit for you guys? Because I feel like those scores were yeah, massive. Crazy, yeah. Would you say that played a huge impact? Or just the fact, did you did you bring a lot of the same kids from Austin to Lakefront? Like, did they have that continuity or just a mix of everything? Yeah, I think I think it's some of both. Um, we had we had all but two, three. Oh, I forgot Caden Langrick. He was on the the team uh, for Austin too, and he is going to you and I as well. Oh, that's um, another one. <laughs> so we were out. Caden, Rashawn, and we we actually moved Mitch Kasky down to. The developmental side because they had some guys no show on us just to make them a little more competitive mm-hmm. um so other than that we had the whole squad there and i mean i think i think it definitely benefited because they were playing at the same same pace as, as what they were at blood Fest and a lot of those teams i mean there was a couple teams there that you know are your your high school teams and then there was a couple academy teams there um but their pace was just something else. They couldn't. They couldn't keep up. Did you guys turn some heads to some people that knew who you were up there too? Like, did people think it looked like a an improved team? I mean, you guys had success every year you've been there, but was it noticeably different this year? Yeah, I think so. I think we made some. We opened some eyes. We had. Uh, I was actually talking to Donnie. I think it, I'm going to say this wrong. Lebrett. Lebrett. I don't know. He's a Wisconsin U23 coach. Okay. And I was talking to him, and uh, he's like, is this your U23 squad? I go, no, this is our U18 squad. He's like, oh, man. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, for as much as we did up there and how well we played, we probably made some enemies, too, just because nobody (laughs) likes to go to a tournament and get thumped that bad. Mm -hmm. Fair Um, enough. But... I mean, mission was accomplished. We, we played pretty well, and things, you know, Dude. wrapped up pretty well for us. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, as you guys, Gray was saying before, you guys have done this, you know, tournament quite a few times. How many times have you guys won the Lakefront Sevens tournament? Because I feel like it's been quite a few times. Yeah, so, so on that, I've been a part of the select side for – I think three years, and we won that two years, and we got second the first year I was there, nice. or somewhere in there. I think it's something like that. Um, but I was actually talking to Coach Brent Wheeler, Southeast Spokes coach, the uh, former select side coach, you know, and I told him thank you. Uh, the select side was, you know, we had a bar to to start at pretty high. It's not like we had to build it from scratch and that was all because of him. So like big clap for him um, and the work he's done. I'm just taking it over and trying to branch out a little bit more. Definitely. And speaking of branching out this year, you had a developmental side as well. Yeah. And you think of, you know, the top side, you, you listed off quite a few underclassmen that are going to come back and bring these experiences to their clubs. But you didn't just stop at one team. You had a developmental side this year. How did that go? Good. Um, that was another one. I would have liked to have a couple more. We, you know, everybody's got stuff in the summer. Um, so they actually played with eight. We had a late sickness. We did have nine. Um, and then he was sick. He actually got sick the night before. So we played with eight that whole day on the developmental side and those boys won their pool. They rocked out. They played hard, gritty, gritty rugby. Um, and then they ran into a team that probably had a little bit more gas than they did, which is, you know, typical if you're going to play three games uh, with eight guys. Yeah. Um, and they, they just kind of ran out of steam in the semis. Um, but overall, uh, they played very well. They had some, some kids on there that, probably very easily could have been bumped up and played selects. Uh, but 
I tell you what, those selects were pretty stacked this year. That's awesome. I I think too that's going to be huge for you know. I hope other kids in the state see you know the opportunities these kids have had to play at a high level, and then the fact that they're going to see these kids next spring. And I hope they see that these opportunities not only open up doors for colleges or if that's a kid's goal is to play at another level, this is how you can, this is one way you can get seen, but also they're going to be so much better at rugby and as a leader to have that confidence of like, I played against some of the top teams in the South and in the Midwest. And now I'm back playing in Iowa, you know? So I just think I love what you're doing and I love to see just all the kids that are getting involved. The fact that you had a developmental side is 15s is that coming next how soon can we look for that in the years to come or what's the next goal for select side for high school uh so so sevens on the sevens aspect of it i think and this is this is breaking news i haven't really talked with this over, over with dennis yet Ooh, um an exclusive but uh <laughs> I think we're probably not going to head back to Lakefront last year or next year. If we do, maybe it'll be the developmental side. And I think we're probably going to go Kansas City and then we're going to help out uh, a local tournament that I hear is just a blast that you guys were at this past weekend and and, uh, block party. All right. Um, Phil was looking at me like, what's he talking about? It's like, (laughs) Phil, you're wearing a block party tank top. (laughs) I assume that's why his voice is a little rad. Oh, dude, it's so bad. It was between that and, (laughs) well, I mean, like we had that street league like the day before block party and then going to block party playing all day and then going out all night. Just did a number on my voice. <laughs> oh yeah, um, and then and then there's talks about I, I like to do one big, you know, traveling like tour type event like we did this year because I think they they enjoyed that. So I think we're eyeballing Colorado. Oh, um, Rebel Rugby is going to host a tournament, and if they're putting their name on it and they're going to run it, there's going to be a lot of big touring side select teams like Rebel, hopefully ERA, maybe Atlantis, all those big main programs that are high performance pathways for uh, USA Rugby. Nice. And you mentioned Rebel Rugby earlier, and I meant to ask you, can you explain to people that might not know what Rebel Rugby is and how are you involved with them? Uh, Yeah, so I think it was about a year or two ago, they reached out to me, um, Ethan Pune and Brad Dufek. Uh, run Rebel Rugby, and they're based out of Colorado, and then they have hubs now in Iowa, Texas, uh, California, and then on the East Coast. I think Brad's in Connecticut. Um, and it, it's similar. If you've heard of Eagle Impact Academy, it's similar to that, but we're sevens focused. Um, we're an actual. I believe we're a high performance pathway for the Eagles. Uh, nice. But that's we we pull kids from all over the the U.S. and put them in that high performance environment and see how they do and go from there. As you said, so there's hubs in Iowa. Is who else? Is there anybody we would know that's involved with that? Like besides just you? With Rebel? Yeah. Uh, from Iowa? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't believe so. I'm the only one. All right, yeah. sweet. Yeah, and. <laughs> Phil, did you know we actually played against Brad in college? He played for Wisconsin Stout. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he was yep. the he was the commissioner of the Will League oh. as well. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's a big league for NCR now. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's helping with them and he helped like men's the men's program, I think, at Navy and then the women's program at Quinnipiac. Oh, wow. That's a good he was a good resume. Uh yeah. So Women's, I think it's, it's Quinnipiac, and then um, actually, I think it's Yale. Yale, okay, oh, yeah. my bad. Yep, yeah. I knew it was Navy Blue. Uh, whoops, <laughs> not Navy, Navy Blue. It was Yale. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, his resume is too uh, long. Ethan, Ethan has been. Uh, he was. I think he did U twenty three with uh, USA Rugby, and he actually coached on the Premier Sevens League last year. He was uh, the head coach with Tui Osborne of the um, the team, I think is what their team was named. 
Nice. Um, yeah. So basically what I'm hearing, you know, and I hope we can clip this and send this to high school coaches and high school kids. I mean, if kids have aspirations and I, I bet you think this too, we have kids who have the, the potential and the talent and the size and the work ethic to make it happen. But now we also have a pathway. And if kids want to actually pursue this, it's going to be hard work, but the pathway is there. And basically these summer opportunities are huge for development. And yeah, what, what would you say to high, other high school coaches and other high school kids to get them involved and to continue to grow this? What would your pitch to them be? Uh, I mean, I've, I've been a select side guy, you know, since I started with rugby. I've, I've always enjoyed that because you get to play with the best players from the different teams that you usually play against. And you're like, man, I hate this guy, but he is good. I wish I could play with him. Um, and then, you know, that whole iron sharpens iron type deal. Um, you play with higher, higher caliber, higher caliber, higher pace guys. It picks you up and then you get to bring it back to your home club. Um, so like coaching that developmental team and the, and the select side, uh, you know, it's it's really like you guys, the the high school coaches do all the all the work, all those macro skills, and then hopefully they learn a couple things from me and bring them back to their home clubs and it elevates everybody. Definitely, and yeah, definitely as a player watching you, you know, doing Midwest Thunderbirds and the Stars Sevens, and when you would come back to Bremer, and just every single time you went on one of those trips or on one of those tours, it always seemed like when I when we played with you you always practice change. And you're always like, hey, here's something we do. Okay, here's how we can do it better. I learned it from this guy from here or whatever. And just as a player, now as a coach, just continuing to grow that network and just find the best practices and give it to our kids. I oh, think yeah. you're doing a great 100%. job with that. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of how, you know, it's always been. Like, if somebody does something really well, why not steal it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of the NFL the NFL way, right? Like that's why a team doesn't run a dom- dominant offense or defense for more than a year because they steal what works. So you got to figure out how to work it. Yep. So, I mean, if it, if it makes coaches win or teams win, you might as well steal it and see if it works for you. Yeah, definitely. And it's one of those things too. Rugby is so in some parts developed and some parts people are still learning. So it's, I feel like it's all over the board where, you can kind of take these ideas and you may not run into it. Like you practice it you may not see another club do it. So when you're getting ideas from all across the country, I know like, you know, in men's club rugby, it's not often you see a variety of ideas just because <laughs> not too many people are going out and finding these new ideas. So for these high school kids to see stuff from all across the country, I just think it's going to help their development, help the development sides and turn it'll make the high school league better and, yeah, kids are going to have opportunities at a high level. So I mean, it's definitely noticeable, like, because we had talked about state wrestling play, just how much, you know, like, it just keeps getting better and better every year. So I think in a few more years, it's going to be just insane, that high school tournament. Yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, it about gave me a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that way, really, your guys' last, your semis and finals matches were, like, nail biters. Like, yeah, I tell you what, it very easily could have gone the other way in both those games. But oh yeah, and we, I don't know. I was shaking, and I'm not usually like that. <laughs> no, and we were up in the press box, and right next to us in the booth next door was uh, the Waverly Radio station, and then Scott Wickham. And man, there was some energy coming from there, and <laughs> I I don't yeah, want to. Ray, Matt Ray does a great job. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we were over here on, on Facebook Live just trying to keep up with him. <laughs> uh, um, one thing I will say, I, I guess I didn't get on the U.S. about 15s. Actually, July 9th in Waverly, Iowa Selects will switch to 15s, and we will take on Banshees Academy out of Egan, Minnesota. Oh, nice. Um. You know, there, there's always been a lot of talk about getting 15s back in Iowa, and I thought it was uh, an easy way to at least introduce those boys. So, like, we don't have a lot of big expectations. Obviously, we always want to win, and we want to put something 
fairly decent out there to, to watch and have the guys learn in like 15s. Um, and hopefully we can grow that in the next couple of years, but that's a, it's a start. And then July 16th, we actually go up to green Bay and play the Wisconsin selects Badger selects up there for U18 in 15s. Nice. So two yeah. matches on the schedule and yeah, like you said, get the boys exposed. Yep. So I, I like that started small and yeah. while we build that player pool over the next few years and, they can get a taste, and at least when they get to college, they'll kind of have an idea. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. At least you're yep. starting somewhere. Instead, of, some people are afraid to pull the trigger unless it's like a big production, and you're like, I mean, those are two really good programs that these kids are going to see. So, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Uh, I like 15s. I like coaching 15s. <laughs> so it's it's fun to introduce these kids to new stuff. Definitely, and I think they're like I said. I think you're going to have a real good outcome with it as well especially i mean the bar's kind of low in a sense of knowing 15s but the athleticism and the work ethic i think they're going to to do really well with i think a lot of the bigger kids they're gonna they're gonna enjoy it as well too and find a new favorite sport (laughs) yeah yeah i i think they'll surprise themselves definitely well i know we mentioned we wanted to talk to you too about uh your youth program we are gonna actually have to pick that up at another time here we're 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 cutting a little a little deadline here um but casey i just want to say thank you for joining us and filling us in on the high school selects we definitely want to touch base with you more and more with all the great stuff you're doing up there especially with youth programs yeah and preferably get you in person one of these times to have a couple beers you know (laughs) yeah i'll swing my way down there and we'll we'll have some i've been on ranch waters lately have you ever had those oh yeah yeah Oh boy! <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll definitely um, have to get a yeah, case of I, those and get after it. <laughs> Sounds good. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Yeah, thanks, man. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk soon, brother. All right, see you, man. See you. Right, and that was Casey Hansen, the head coach of the Iowa High School Rugby Association's Boys Select side. They got that development side going. A lot of good shit happening for the youth, which means the future of rugby in Iowa is bright. Yeah, I can't say enough about what Casey's doing, you know, in Waverly and doing for the Selects. Like, he's doing an amazing job, and it's going to be really exciting to see how much more development we have with that in the coming years. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, too, we we wanted to get into the youth program they have in Waverly. I remember when we interviewed Ridgeway, and Ridgeway said, like, how do you compete with that? And we're like, well, we, we have to make one, yeah. too. Get, you, get a ball in kids' hands younger yeah. and younger, you know? And I saw on social media, how many kids did they have their first night of the Dude, Waverly? They do that at 40 County. plus. I, was, I saw that on Facebook because they're in yep. year two. It was their first night this past week. Yeah, and they had like 40 plus boys and girls there. Like, it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome to see. It's amazing. And it's terrifying because it's like, it's competition in the future. But like, you have 40, 50 kids, and that number is only going to grow, who are getting exposed to rugby. I saw a picture too. It was like one of Casey's kids, a Barron's, and Whitcomb. And they were all walking and they have t shirts with their names on the back. And just to see those names, it's like they have third generation rugby players yeah. like and they're they're little kids in elementary school and they're they're gonna be good forever and it's it's cool and we said at the end there we were running out of time we we want to cap these interviews on the phone to 30 minutes because one we could have another tyler daly extravaganza with casey like we said we want to keep talking to him but we figured it'd be better in smaller digestible chunks yeah. and we want to make sure we give everything enough time to breathe so it's not a hundred things all at once we loved our time with Tyler Daly. Uh, my wife and Phil's girlfriend <laughs> might not have enjoyed the fact that we didn't get done till like two in the morning. After recording, we might have kept talking. <laughs> and we know we can do that with Casey too. And we want to get him here in person to talk about the other hats that he has. Yeah. So uh, we didn't want to have to cut him off or we didn't want to go too long. That's why we stopped where we did. Yeah, but we'll yeah. definitely have to get into the youth league that they have going on sometime and maybe steal an idea or two and Phil, I have the notepad right here. I'm stealing (laughs) all the ideas. All I see is eat a bagel on your notes. (laughs) 
That was a funny high-performance team. <laughs> uh, a team ate a bagel during a snowstorm. That's for another, yeah, time. another time. See, that's the thing, too. We don't want to run ourselves out of content either. Casey is a content goldmine because <laughs> the dude's involved in so many things. You know, we can't talk to Tyler Daly again for at least another month. You know, Casey, we can yeah. talk to him once a week. I mean, he's got so many <laughs> things going on. So we don't want to run ourselves out. And one thing that did run out of content this past weekend and i actually did watch because i wasn't at the block party you were the one man in iowa that watched (laughs) (laughs) i was like in my garage painting and i'm just like oh my god it's 10 45 the major league rugby finals is going to be on fox in the next 15 minutes and i turn it on so new york representing the east side no team had ever won a championship from the eastern conference And Seattle was looking to win their third. And so game starts at 11. It was cool that they were in that stadium in New Jersey. It looked amazing. The production was amazing. It was what you expect from a Fox broadcast. They had all the sights and sounds, and it just felt like a huge deal. It felt like a massive deal. New York got out to a big lead, and then late in the game, Seattle started chipping away. And actually, Seattle scored the first try in the first three minutes. It, so Seattle came out hot, scored the first try in the mm. first three minutes. It was like, whoa, Seattle shouldn't even be in the playoffs. They're going to win their third championship. Yeah. But then New York, their coach came in and said, our goal is territory. We're going to keep the ball on their half and make them you know, work through us. And they did just that. They stuck to the plan. They got punched in the mouth first. They settled down. And then slowly they just... Boom, boom, boom. Got to a big lead. Then in the second half, late in the second half, Seattle started mounting a comeback. And there was actually one point uh, their number three scored a try. That was pretty cool. As another tight head prop. I'm like, that's awesome. And so Seattle's chipping away. They get down to the goal line. They score a try. Well, they reviewed it. There was an obstruction, they thought. And then also they saw the guy did a double move. So no matter what, there was a penalty. Points come off the board. New York gets the ball. They drive it down. And then they kill that comeback in the in the 70-some minutes. Um, and then New York ends up winning 30-15. to 15. So it was, it was a pretty good game. And there was, you know, a lot of players who played for other countries, like former All Blacks were there. There was a few guys that it was their last professional rugby match in their careers because a lot of these guys, they're already like, I'm retiring from international test rugby. Okay. I'll collect a paycheck in America. Right. I'll go check it out. I'll, you know, I've always wanted to live in, you know, New York, see what it's about or Seattle. And, you know, it it was cool. Wish there was more fans in the stadium. It's such a massive stadium that I think their attendance was good for MLR standards, but on TV, it just looked like there wasn't hardly anybody there. Yeah. I mean, they don't play in stadiums that big, but it was just a beautiful presentation. Yeah. 30 to 15, New York gets the win. Their owner at the very end said he's going to, New York's going to keep winning championships after this. So it was good. It was a good entertaining match. I hope regular sports fans who don't know much about rugby, I hope they tuned in. I hope they saw it, especially right after the match was, Oh, what's that new football? The USFL. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had their playoffs after that. So people who wanted to watch football may have caught the ending of rugby. Okay. So I hope I didn't see much on Twitter because I was trying to follow the block party sevens. Yeah. I didn't see much reaction in the mainstream sports media. Um, couple random people might have mentioned it. Like, oh, what's happening? Because yeah. normally infomercials are on at that time. Yeah. It. I don't know. It is interesting. I hope to see it continue to grow. The level of play is great for the United States. And I want there to be a pro team in the Midwest. But yeah, so Major League Rugby, fifth season in the books, New York, the first Eastern team. Marcus Benton picked them in our YouTube series over a year ago. Uh, yeah, there, so there's a guy from Luke, um, because you know we obviously like Palm Beach because Luke's over there and Tim and those guys. Oh yeah, they actually got a guy who uh, is going to be playing for New York this next year. No way. Yeah, he got picked up from uh, when they were playing the national title game. Are you so serious? Just, yeah, he just did D three club and he just stood out and they recruited him. So now he's going to New York to play. 
What uh, what position? What guy? Was I think it? he was a flanker. His name's Austin Parrish. Okay. Yeah, he's. A, I mean, it looks like he's a pretty decent sized guy. Man, it's crazy. Rugby's so funny. We know Luke. Luke moves to Palm Beach. Luke plays for Palm Beach. Now this guy Austin Parrish. I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of New York. Yeah, right. <laughs> Six oh, fan of Palm Beach. Never met the guy, but you yeah. know. <laughs> Six degrees of rugby fanship. Like yeah. it's so easy. Like I'm now indebted to that team forever. Well, I was just gonna say Luke Schmidt getting to start with Palm Beach's rub shoulders with a MLR guy who's on a national championship team now. <laughs> oh, I mean, that was like when we played for Bremer in the 2017 D3 final against the St. Louis Royals. Yeah. They had tag leader on their team. And then the next year he was playing in the MLR. He bounced around. I think he was on he was on San Diego's team for mm. a minute. And then he was a New England free jack. Yep. And I just remember like watching that. I'm like, I was on the same field as him less than a year ago. I saw Wickham take his legs out after a kick. Like I saw like is he the guy who's gonna try his hand at pro football, like being a kicker? Oh no, he has been for the last like two years. He has dedicated himself to field goal kicking and punting for football. He played in a European league, and then I think he might have played in the CFL, really? Canadian Football League, and he's trying so hard to get to the NFL. He does kicking camps, I think, in North America, in the United States, because a lot of Americans don't know how to kick a ball, like yeah. a rugby ball. I think he does camps and things like that, too. So that's always a cool thing, too, for guys like us. I mean, you you play rugby – you know, in college, you play it in senior side and then you go to select side stuff or, you know, some tournaments and then someone that you played against or played with makes it to the next level. And then maybe you're at the bar and you're like, hey, hey, I, I played against that guy. And someone's like, I don't even know what fucking sport this <laughs> is. I don't play, give man. a shit. Shut up. <laughs> Sit down. We're is changing that, it back to NASCAR. Is that the one with the stick and that? <laughs> the ball? <laughs> God, dude. I hear that. Oh, they got a horse. Shut up. <laughs> They're going to be horse. But you are a horse. Practically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So next thing with MLR is their draft, and that'll be fun. Still Hope. hoping to see some guys that we know on there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so pretty much we got July 4th coming up next week. Yep. The next weekend is what? Uh, we got Toys for Tots on July 9th. That will be a really fun time. Uh, Where's that at? Des Moines. Nice. Des Moines is going to be hosting that. And then the following weekend – we got Capital City, which is also hosted by Des Moines. That's an Iowa 7 series stop. Yep. Then after that, it'll be the 23rd. Yep, that's Quad City Irish's tournament. They got like, there's something going on. I remember they the, mentioned the Davenport. Bix. Uh, yeah. Because the thing is, they do like a, I think it's kind of like it's a race. Party. They, it's a race. Yeah. yeah, a race. Yeah. It's like round town. Like, apparently, it's really cool. When we were in Davenport for Chris Aguero's uh, wedding, yeah, they, they, that, yeah. they had on the, underneath the interstate or the highway, like on the pillars or whatever that mm. hold up the road, it said the Bix goes through here. So they do the rugby tournament with that. But also we'll be up in Cedar Falls for the UNI yeah, alumni. Weekend, yeah. oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. And then after that, the 30th? there I don't think there's any. The MLR Combine. MLR, yeah, that's MLR Combine. There's no Iowa 7 Series. The Quad City one is the last stop for the yeah. Iowa 7 Series. Yeah, I'll probably be up at the Wisconsin MLR tryout combine because yeah. everybody needs show a, off your skills. Everybody needs a thirty-two-year-old <laughs> D three prop <laughs> whose knee doesn't work anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, and then after that is Irish, Irish Fest, yeah, they and got, then they got tens and sevens. So and then we'll be getting into fall. Yeah, we got fall practice starting early. Yeah, we got like two weeks. Is a mm, something sort like, like that. Yeah. Maybe don't tell that secret, but <laughs> It'll be, yeah. I'll, Northeast Iowa, we're coming for you. <laughs> 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 oh, and with that being said, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Hopefully, you know, next week we'll have some new guests and hopefully the audio has been better for you. Hope you guys enjoy this. I know I feel like the audio is sounding better, so we're getting there. Well, any uh, feedback, you know, is again, greatly appreciated. So, let us know what you think and get a hold of us. And give me compliments. Yeah, mostly great. I like to be belittled, so yeah, tell me I suck. Say mean <laughs> things to Phil, and then, you know, my love language is uh, words of praise. 
Yeah. <laughs> or no, what is it? Words of affirmation. Ah, affirmation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Does your girlfriend ever say, like, what's your love language? You know, ever? <laughs> no? No. Yeah, she's asked that. It's uh, acts of service, according to her. That's what you like? Well, according to her, that's what I like, but I don't know. I don't know what I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what I like. Words of affirmation. Tell me I'm pretty. Oh, <laughs> uh, and with that being said, and I realize we didn't do this on the last episode. Phil? Don't tell me. Uh, not a joke. I did not think of a joke. Well, you don't have to think of a joke. joke. Just say something funny, and you could have just said something funny. Uh, now, like, this is... It's a bit like we gotta have bits, you know, like we gotta have reoccur like people humans, oh, like the, like the humans other... like structure. They yeah. like the, the comfort of structure. So they know oh. the end is coming. Hey, you know what's really funny though? Okay, hold you on. Phil, say something funny. Well, the whole something funny, yeah. But no, you <laughs> you know the whole deal with the orangutan with the sword and the chickens? Oh yeah. Somebody made a meme out of that. It was the Squid Games one, the red or the green like button deal. <laughs> So it's not that stupid. I, I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. You could interchange it with anything. And like, I listened to that back. I, I ran it back because, fun fact, my grandma listens to this episode. We were at lunch the other day. And randomly, like, we were just talking about random stuff. She's like, you know what, Ryan? You and your friend, I, I've been listening to to that that show, that podcast you're doing, and and I don't know, I don't know what you guys are always talking about, but you guys were on about something, and it was so funny. And I'm like, oh my god, I have to listen to every episode because is it appropriate for my grand? I don't think, <laughs> yeah. my grandma, why are you listening to rugby stuff? Like, and then I'm like, was it the orangutan and chicken? And she's like, no, and I'm like, because you would Damn definitely it. know if it was that, but yeah, Man, that, I was hoping your grandma would find that funny. She might. Actually, she probably would. She's really funny. But I, I was like blown away. I'm like, you listen to this? So that was that was really cool. And it just, I still, I'm so mad because you could, <laughs> when I listen to it back and you're like, you know, hypothetically this. And then when I'm like, I have a grenade and like, no, you can't have a grenade. That's not realistic. Is an orangutan <laughs> trained with a sword? Or, pretty, did I say realistic? Yes. When I Gosh. said, when I said, I will choose a grenade. And you're like, well, that's not realistic. I'm like, none of this is realistic. What are we arguing about? It reminded me of that scene from It's Always Sunny when they're like, you know, rats and whatever. Like, it was the the gang gets invincible and they're arguing about who would win in a fight, like rats or a snake or something. And Charlie's like, ah, we always do this. We, we sit in a bar and Shut we argue. Up. Shut up. Oh my God, I don't care. Yeah, and then they go, then they go outside and like, God, this is nice. And they're sitting on a park bench and then they wait for three seconds and Dennis is like, Goddamn bright out. And then they're it's like, kind of hot. Yeah. They're playing football. And they're like, yeah, the Marky Mark movie. You can try out for that. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. We're like, we're arguing about just pointless stuff. And then I say things like, hey, we can't interview Casey for longer than 30 minutes. And then we talk about fucking orangutans for, for three episodes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, so, is that it? I guess that's it. Just show's over. <laughs> We'll figure it out. Say something funny. Something funny.